but I can still remember my terror that bombs would soon be falling on the street where I lived. We sat next to the radio and listened as the first reports were repeated again and again. My big brother tried to assure me that the war was halfway across the world. He showed me on his globe that Hawaii was far, far away from where we lived in a little town 90 miles from New York City. But if planes could fly to Hawaii, I wondered, why not here? My childish fears, I've since discovered, were shared by thousands of Americans on that day, especially on the West Coast, where there was an expectation that planes and ships would attack at any hour. For Japanese Americans in California, Washington, and Oregon, the events of December 7th were to change their lives in unimaginable ways. Although Hawaii was thousands of miles from the West Coast and no bombs were falling on San Diego, for those of Japanese ancestry, the news was even more frightening and immediate. From the testimony of Sally Karita Tsuneishi, in Los Angeles on August 4, 1981. We were filled with a terrible fear. The question was, what will happen to us now? That night, an FBI agent with our town sheriff appeared at our door in the middle of the night to arrest my father. Without a word of protest, he got dressed and went with them into the dark night. We did not see him again for two and a half years. It was as if the world fell about our ears. From the moment she heard the news, Clara Breed worried about all the Japanese-American families in San Diego, dozens of whom she knew as friends as well as library regulars. Just two weeks before, Tetsuzo Hirosaki, along with his father and sister, had celebrated Thanksgiving with Clara and her family. Tets was now a young man of 21, but Clara had known him since he was just a little boy. Tets never forgot the upstairs children's library on 8th and E Streets. Miss Breed introduced me to the magical world of books. What an ironic fortune I had to be a neglected child. My mother had died when I was five, and my father was working sixteen hours a day. I was on strict orders not to stray and get into trouble. Thus, I became a bookworm. I started at one corner of the library and went along one shelf to another indiscriminately. When summer was over and school started, I found the school library. However, when summer vacation came again, I was back at the children's library downtown. All the while, there was Miss Breed quietly, gently, and kindly shepherding me. Tets was just one of the many Japanese Americans whom Clara worried about that evening. During the past 14 years, as San Diego's first children's librarian, She had watched Tets and so many others grow from little children who could barely write their names to big teenagers ready for college. The downtown branch was one of 13 branches of the San Diego Public Library, 
but it was the one that Japanese-American children could walk to in their neighborhood. Clara had given these children their first library cards and shared story hours with them. Miss Breed, as they all called her, helped while they spent long hours bent over encyclopedias and searched through the reader's guide to find that last little fact for their term papers. They were as devoted to her as she was to them. What would happen to them now? She wondered. Clara Breed wrote in the Library Journal in June 1942. December 7th was a blow to everyone, but to the young Japanese Americans, it was as if the world fell about our ears. Arrests were swift and sudden. Before the sun had set on the West Coast,